if someone has your seed phrase, they have your money. So it's kind of a guessing game. Unless uh, there's like a big wallet hack. is uh, I think, painfully common for everyone. So it's super fragile and super dangerous. This is something that wallets suck at the moment. With, basically, we need a solution to this. What's up, Crypto Farm? Welcome to Cointelegraph's Hashing It Out. I'm your host, Elisha, and you can find me on Twitter at GHCryptoGuy. On this show, we will talk about crypto and everything Web3 with upcoming talent and leaders in the space. We will be taking you on a ride around the crypto block, answering questions and highlighting the next big innovations in the space. Before we dive in, remember to follow us on whatever platform you're tuning in from so you don't miss another episode. And if you want more crypto news as it happens, check out Cointelegraph.com. It's time to hash it out. What's up, fam? Welcome to another episode of Hashing It Out. And this is the third time, I think, that we have a wallet on. Wallets are so important to the cryptocurrency space, and I'm extremely happy to be talking to different wallets about different things. We've already discussed how wallets are going to evolve with my Ether wallet. We've discussed why wallets should go multi-chain with another wallet. And now I was trying to remember what wallet it was, Phantom. Yes, Phantom. And now today I'm with Ivo, CEO and founder of Ambaya. Hello and welcome. Hello. Thanks for joining us. So who are you and how did you get into crypto? So I'm Ivo. I'm the founder, co-founder and CEO of uh, Empire Wallet. And I started trying out Bitcoin back in 2013, I think, or 2012. And back then uh, I was mining on my CPU. Then I took a sort of a break and then I started playing with Ethereum in 2016. And uh, then in 2017, uh, I started my second company, which was uh, my first company in the crypto space called Alex Network, which uh, is a privacy and transparency focused advertising network. And Ambire Wallet spun off from that company later on. Sounds good. So what is the backstory of Ambaya? Why did you start another wallet? There are so many wallets that exist already. Yeah, that's true. But uh, so when we started Ambaya, there weren't so many. And basically uh, what happened is that as part of Addix itself, as part of the advertising network, we created an account abstraction wallet or uh, back then it was more commonly referred to as a smart contract wallet uh, as part of Addix itself to solve the problems of our own users, namely to let them get onboarded uh, more easily, to let them pay gas in stable coins, uh, to let them patch transactions and eliminate ERC-20 approvals, eliminate the seed phrase, allow them to sign up with an email uh, without having to write down a seed phrase and without having to install an extension. So we solved all of these problems already for our users. And then in 2020, with the DeFi summer, we figured that all of those UX improvements would be extremely valuable in DeFi, not only in that tech, not only for our own advertising product, but they would be valuable to every single user. And um, those solutions would be extremely valuable for any wallet aiming to replace MetaMask. So this is essentially what we did. We created a wallet which has all of these UX improvements, which are completely like revolutionary uh, in the world of Web3 and solve all of the biggest issues that people have today 
which would be like uh, having to learn how to protect your seed phrase, having to learn what a seed phrase is, having to fund your wallet with ease to pay for gas, having do year C20 approvals, basically all of this. And another thing that Ambire is really different in uh, is that it's focused on desktop users. We think that most crypto natives use like to use their laptops more than their mobile phones. Uh, we're seeing this in our numbers. And uh, we're a web-based wallet. So that's also something that makes us quite unique. Uh, we're pretty much the only web-based account abstraction wallet that exists right now that you can connect to any app. Sounds interesting. I was going to ask you what makes you unique from the other wallets, but I think you've largely dealt with most of that while answering the first question. So I have been doing some reading on account abstraction and just like user experience with most of non-custodial wallets that exist currently. Would you say self-custody is hard for the user and what makes it hard? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Self-custody, I would say, is extremely difficult. And this is exactly the problem that Ambuyer and Account Abstraction solves. It's difficult for a number of reasons, but the main reason boils down to the fact that you, you're ultimately fundamentally protecting a single, very large, impossible-to-guess number. So it's kind of a guessing game. The private key is just a very big number. And traditional wallets, they have one private key. And they basically derive this private key from a seed phrase, which is, again, another form of a private key. And all of the security is concentrated around safeguarding this. Why is this a problem? It's a problem because, essentially, if someone has your seed phrase, they have your money. But if you don't have your seed phrase, you've lost your money. So it's super fragile and super dangerous. And people do not understand this because like with traditional applications with passwords, you can have two-factor authentication. You are usually being told not to write down the password. So there are many measures in traditional applications which make it manageable to people. And account abstraction solves precisely this by allowing accounts to be programmable. And by allowing them to be programmable, you are enabling the account to be secured by, first of all, multiple keys. Uh, so like you can have two-factor authentication on your mobile device, or you can have stuff like uh, spending limits or uh, fraud protection on chain. So like if a transaction would be considered suspicious, then it would require extra confirmation, for example. So yeah, basically that's why self-custody is hard because it boils down to securing a large secret number. And that's not an intuitive concept for people. Seed phrases are not an intuitive concept. Interesting. I was going to ask you what is account abstraction, but I think you also started answering that already. But can you break it down for the average user? What did wallets look like before account abstraction and how would that change for the end user? And then you can also explain how that affects things technically, um, especially for Ethereum wallet. Basically, uh, the way that wallets work right now is, uh, I think, painfully common for everyone. You create a wallet and by creating a wallet, you need to write down a bunch of words. You have to keep those words safe and you uh, don't have to lose them. You have to protect them. Then you have to fund the wallet with ETH or whatever the asset is on the given chain uh, in order to be able to pay for gas. Then you have to sign every single transaction individually. So that's um, that's the state of the world right now. And the account abstraction from a user perspective, it enables something much more similar to Web2 applications like Revolut and Robinhood, where you will be able to sign up in seconds uh, without having to do any additional steps 
You will be able to fund your wallet with any asset without needing either for gas. Uh, and you will be able to start uh, signing transactions and do multiple actions in the same transaction rather than having to sign separate transactions for everything. So it streamlines a lot of things, but I would like to go into how it works. So account abstraction is essentially... Currently, it's become wrongfully synonymous with smart contract wallets. Originally, it was an idea to make smart contract accounts a first-class citizen of the Ethereum network. So to make them native, so to speak, to make them really accepted and understood. But, uh, and I'm saying this because there are a lot of dApps which have minor incompatibilities with account abstraction wallets. But over time, the definition has shifted slightly into has morphed into just the benefits of account abstraction. So if your wallet has all the benefits, which are usually enabled simply by being a smart contract wallet, then that's considered account abstraction. Interesting. So you also kind of explained why account abstraction is important already, which was going to be my next question. But in terms of adoption, how do you see this change in the way people interact with Ethereum and and the dApps in the DeFi ecosystem or like NFTs, etc. moving forward? I think it has huge potential because you could go as far as to embed wallets into websites. Basically, account abstraction makes it secure because right now with traditional, with legacy wallets, you just have the one private key and this one private key is the wallet. So when you try to do like kind of an embedded experience where imagine that OpenSea wants to allow people to sign up without having a wallet installed and they generate a wallet for the user, then this private key will be kept in the browser directly and this will not be secure. So any malicious extension or malware or whatever could just steal this private key and basically steal your money. But with account abstraction, something that OpenSea can do, for example, is uh, generate an account abstraction wallet that has two keys and one of the keys is kept by OpenSea and the other one is kept in your browser. So when you start using this wallet, you will replace their key with another one of your keys. So like, for example, you would authorize your phone to be your second factor in signing. But the point is, it enables uh, websites to embed wallets into themselves. And it also enables uh, wallets to generally be way better at onboarding people. So uh, I personally believe that account abstraction can uh, onboard the next billion users on Ethereum. Sounds interesting. Let's talk about other things that you think wallets need to gain mass adoption or to help crypto reach that level of adoption that it wants to. Beyond account abstraction, what other changes do you think wallets need to implement moving forward? And is, are there any like existing features you think wallets would have to do away with? Well, if you're talking about dropping features, I would say no because basically existing users have expectations and I think MetaMask is pretty minimal so you cannot drop anything from MetaMask. Perhaps you can argue that you can drop stuff like Swap because you have dApps like Uniswap which cover the same functionality and generally the philosophy of Web3 wallets is moving towards minimalism so it's moving towards the world being less and less visible uh, in favor to the dApp so you could argue that you can drop any feature that could be a DAP, but I would say that you that the problem is not that we have too many features, but the problem is that we have a complicated onboarding QX. Yeah, the other part of the question was also about um, what do you think needs to be adopted beyond account abstraction? Like what other new features do you think should be added? 
something that's super important, but it's tightly related with account abstraction is transaction simulation and visualization. So like when you're signing a transaction, you need to know exactly what you're signing. This is something that wallets suck at the moment with, unfortunately, and it's sort of hard to solve, but not really all that hard. Basically, we need a solution to this, but it's still somewhat related to account abstraction, but not fully. Okay. Let's move on to some things that trending wallet applications and the regulatory landscape globally is not the best it has been. I usually like chuckle in my head a bit when I say this because I don't think we've had a great regulatory environment ever since crypto was launched. But anyway, you've seen what's happening in the USA, the SEC going after various platforms and whatnot. Issues that are at the heart of the contention are things like what is the security and what is not mistaken by a third party, legal or illegal. Do you think that wallets are going to be a target? And that's the first part of the question. But the second part of the question is, from your perspective as someone who is developing in the space, what is your opinion on the current regulatory landscape? I'm going to start with the second part. I don't like it. I'm generally pretty liberal in that sense. Uh, Not liberal, but more like libertarian. And I generally think that regulation should be quite limited and like it shouldn't be very strict because it's uh, basically it prevents business and also very often in crypto regulation is just wrong it's just plain wrong because for example oftentimes it robs you from the fundamental right of privacy which is not great that's what i think about regulation but uh, regarding whether i think wallets would be a target it's possible but unlikely because generally most of the regulations do not cover self-custodial solutions. And even the ones that do, I think are not going to get that quickly applied unless uh, there is like a big wallet hack or a big wallet rug or something. So I don't think that wallets will be a target anytime soon, but they will be at least partially a target at one point. Let's talk about the future of wallets like Ambaya, what should we expect from your project moving forward? And what do you intend to roll out in the coming months? So uh, we're working on a browser extension, actually, even though it's one additional step for onboarding, it's actually much better for UX after that. So we are working on an extension and also the extension is going to be much better for people who are migrating from MetaMask because it's going to feel much more familiar, but better. And uh, we're also planning a mobile app launch and more details on that later. Unfortunately, I cannot reveal much at the moment, but it is part of our roadmap. So, so yeah, this is the two big milestones that we currently have. Awesome. Let's move away from wallets a bit and have a general discussion about the crypto, Web3, DeFi space. Are you using any apps daily? What apps are you really excited about that exist in the crypto space right now? like your favorite DeFi apps or NFT apps or anything of that sort? So I really like Aave, honestly, because I think that it's um, that Aave and Uniswap are two of the biggest use cases for Ethereum yet. And they're basically real-world use cases. Obviously, NFTs are great generally, but you ask me for particular dApps. So yeah, I would say that uh, those two are my favorites and those two are the ones that I use on really on a regular basis. Next thing would be a conversation about um, the layer 2 ecosystem in Ethereum. What are your thoughts on the current layer 2 development? And for some reason, do you prefer like a particular layer 2 platform over the other? And how do you see layer 2s shaping 
how users use Ethereum moving forward? It's an interesting question. I personally think that Layer 2s will consolidate to only a number of solutions. Uh, They won't keep popping up that much. I mean, they will, but eventually there have to be winners uh, from this because the biggest uh, strength of the EVM and any EVM chain, any EVM network is the composability. And composability is everywhere. It's basically when you unroll a position on Aave, uh, when you like want to close down your debt with something that you supplied, this will call uh, one inch under the hood and it will also call potentially Uniswap pools, it will also call tokens. So this composability is not possible if everything is fragmented on different layer tools. There have to be winners in that way. There has to be some consolidation in order for composability to work. That's my basic take on it. And we as a wallet are aligned with this. We are basically, currently we're supporting every big layer tool and we don't want to limit people, but we do think that eventually some will be much more utilized than others. Great. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode. It's been amazing. Really, really appreciate your insights on account abstraction, how wallets need to evolve moving forward. And let's see how things shape up um, as things go. So I look forward to talking to you in the future. And hopefully by then, account abstraction would be the standard and not the new technology in town. Thank you so much and talk to you soon. Thank you. All good things must come to an end. And so does our show. You've been listening to Hashing It Out by Cointelegraph, where we talk about crypto and everything Web3. I'm your host, Elisha, at GH Crypto Guy on Twitter. And if you liked this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Please do this. It will really help us out. I need to get out of my mom's basement. Don't get me fired. Subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Leave a review and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.